Well, hey there, and welcome to our Israel Answer series on why we are celebrating Israel's 75th anniversary. So there are many reasons why Christians should be celebrating this occasion. So I'm going to share with you today just one, maybe two reasons, and I ask you to stick with me. So first of all, you need to know that celebrating Israel's 75th anniversary is celebrating a miracle of God. In 1948, when Israel was born, it was an absolute miracle. Against all odds, this people group who had been in exile, in dispersion all over the world for 2,000 years, was returning to their ancient homeland and reestablishing sovereignty there. It is such an amazing, amazing story. No other people group had ever been in dispersion 200 years that they actually retained their nationhood and then actually returned to their homeland. But the Jewish people had retained their identity, their nationhood. They were Jews and they were returning to Zion. It's a beautiful story, such a miraculous story. But beyond that, they've now survived 75 years of war and opposition, of terrorism. They have hardly had a day of peace since their founding, and they have survived. That, once again, is a miracle. When you look at the stories of the 1948 War of Independence or the 1967 Six-Day War or the 1973 Yom Kippur War when they were attacked by surprise on their day of fasting in the synagogues, I mean, these are miracle stories that Israel was victorious. They not only retained their sovereignty, but in two of these wars, they gained uh, territory. So these are miracles. They have survived, but more than survived, the greatest miracle really is they have thrived and they are now emerging as a world leader. Can you imagine this little bitty speck of a country, no bigger than the state of New Jersey, is becoming a world leader? leader, a country that has faced 75 years of war, an unbelievable defense budget that has kept money from other things in society and in investment and R&D, but they are emerging as a world leader in innovation, technology, medicine, science, water conservation. Uh, I mean, it's amazing what they're doing. So that is a miracle. And these are the many miracles that we are celebrating when we, is, when we celebrate Israel's 75th anniversary. Now, for Christians, not only does this have great biblical meaning, it means that God is behind the regathering of the Jewish people. It means that uh, He is drawing them back. He is preserving their lives. He is helping them. He is blessing them. He is using them. So if that is true, then we as Christians had better sit up and pay attention. And we may have to rethink the way we've been approaching Israel and the Jewish people. But more importantly, we should want to get involved. And now the words that God spoke to Abraham, that I will bless those who bless you, we understand that God is at work with the Jewish people to carry out the calling that was given to them 
way back 4,000 years ago at the time of Abraham. And what was that calling? That the people, the nation that would descend from Abraham would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. The Apostle Paul later came and explained that verse was the first preaching of the gospel because it referred to the salvation through Jesus Christ. So yes, they gave us the Messiah. They gave us the Messiah that died on the cross for us. But that Messiah is returning to the earth one day, and only then is all of this over. Until then, all of God's covenants are still in place. They have not been fully fulfilled yet. To Abraham, to Moses, to David, the promise of an everlasting throne. These promises are still in play, and our faithful God will fulfill them. So once we realize this about Israel, we want to get involved. We want to bless what he is blessing. We want to assist, just as the Hebrew prophets foresaw. They foresaw a day when the Jews would return to the land and the Gentiles would assist them. And the wealth of the nations, the wealth of the Gentiles would actually be brought up to Jerusalem, that the Gentiles would assist in the rebuilding of Zion. So we are stepping into a prophetic calling when we are involved in this. So one great way for you to bless Israel and let them see your support, know of your prayers for the peace of Jerusalem, is to come out for one of two events that we have coming up in May to celebrate Israel's 75th. You can also get involved in the ministry of the ICEJ. We're gonna link to all of this down below in today's show notes so that you can get involved, you can bless, those that God is blessing and those He's called us to bless. In return, you can know that God is with you. He promises to bless you, and so you can stand on that promise as well. So now, why are we celebrating Israel's 75th? For that, that is one of the reasons, to show our support to Israel, to bless them, to encourage them, to let them know that on the eve of a wave of terrorism, there were rockets lately, there's always rockets, there's always terrorism, to let them know we are praying for them. We are praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We bless them and we stand with them. Another reason for Christians to celebrate Israel's 75th is because we have been so blessed by Israel. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, many of us have been able to make that trip to Israel, what I call a trip of a lifetime. If you haven't yet made that trip, I encourage you to start saving your dollars so that you can make it, whether it's this year or it's next year or it's 10 years from now. It is a trip of a lifetime. It will change your life. It will be worth every single penny. Pray for God's provision that you would be able to make that trip to Israel. I first made that trip when I was all of 19 years old, and I am so grateful for it. Uh, my life was completely changed. Why? Well, because the Bible comes alive. Everyone says this, but I certainly experienced it. I was a biblical studies major in university. I loved the Bible. I studied it diligently every day. I was making straight A's in my classes. I absolutely loved studying the Bible. 
Yet when I got to Israel, none of that had prepared me for what was going to happen when I got to Israel. My Bible came alive. It stood up on two feet. It took on flesh and bones. It was so alive as I studied it in its geographical settings. When I saw where the events took place and I understood how accurate the historical accounts in the Bible were because it matched the geography or the cultural setting or the religious setting, the Jewish faith. I'd never been around the Jewish faith before. And here I am in Israel reading the Bible in its settings and seeing it's as though it just came alive. And that's what everyone says over and over and over. My Bible came alive. Now, if your Bible comes alive, that means that you understand, number one, how accurate it is that the stories as they're written there, it's not mythology. It's not just spiritual made up stuff with made up names. It's real places. And you can go there and stand there and see the real places. And you're surrounded by the descendants of the real people that these stories are about. And you realize it's very accurate. But then you're also surrounded by prophecy fulfilled. And you realize it's not just accurate, it's true. And every word that God spoke to Abraham and to Moses has been played out throughout all of history. It is absolutely true, and it's still being played out. God's promises to David, the the Hebrew prophets, the words of Isaiah, the way he described the return of the Jews to their land, and it's so true, and it's playing out exactly as it was written. No one could have orchestrated this. Believe me, no one could have orchestrated this. Only the sovereign God, the king of the universe, who turns the head of the king, who raises up empires and tears down empires. This is the God that is busy at work bringing about all of these promises, fulfilling his promises, and bringing about the prophetic word that's in the Bible. So going to Israel is such a blessing to us, but let me tell you, we should not take it for advantage. The reason we are able to freely go to Israel, freely visit the Christian sites, freely worship at the Christian sites, see all of the archeological remains that have been found at the Christian sites is because Israel is the one with sovereignty over them. Israel honors the biblical roots that are evident in the archeology span in the land. They take painstaking steps to uncover findings that they're cataloged correctly, that they're dated correctly, that they're preserved correctly, because they honor that. They know that this is their past that they're uncovering. Whereas on the other side, and I'm sorry to say, but the Muslim authorities on the Temple Mount could care less about the archeology. span So they take bulldozers and just have bulldozed out dirt and debris and broken up artifacts and thrown them out into a garbage dump. Because of that, the Israelis started what's called the Temple Mount Sifting Project. And they're taking the dirt that's been discarded from the Temple Mount, sifting it, finding every little piece and seeing if they can put it 
back together. Why? Because these findings go all the way back to the first temple that Solomon built. And then there's a slew of findings from the second temple, and they're just being destroyed and discarded. So we can be so grateful for Israel's care of the archaeology and that they welcome Christian tourism. They're not going to try to stop us from worshiping or praying or visiting the sites. So as a result, millions of Christians have visited Israel and have been blessed because of their oversight of our sites. This in itself is a really wonderful reason to say thank you, Israel, and to come out and to celebrate Israel's existence and to celebrate the blessing that she has been to the Christian community. I will say that archaeology, when I first went to Israel as a 19-year-old, it was many years ago, uh, archaeology was really boring, I thought. You'd go out and you'd look at this pile of stones and they'd say, well, now that was the palace and that was the stables. And I'm looking at this pile of stones and I'm saying, how do you know that? I had no imagination. I had no idea what I was looking at, that it was just the foundations. And the archaeologists, though, could piece it together. Well, today, they have, for the last, I'd say, 25 years, the finds in Israel have been astounding and so exciting. And now, especially in the underground digs in Jerusalem, the city of David, the archaeologists have gone all the way down through the t level of David down to the Canaanite level. They believe that they have found what could have been the altar of Melchizedek in the ancient, ancient city of Salem, which became the Jebusite city, which became Jerusalem. Now, you might be saying, well, that how did they know? Well, because these archaeologists know what a worship site and altar is looks like when it's to a pagan god. They know what the Canaanite altars look like. This one was very different. And this one had all the hallmarks of worship of the one true God that we know Melchizedek served. He was king and priest to the one true God. So they really do believe this very well could be Melchizedek's altar. If that's not exciting, they have found so many things there underground in Jerusalem. You can now do an underground tour, not only of the city of David, but up around the Temple Mount down, and you can go all the way down to the first temple period of Jerusalem. Archaeologists do not like to say that they're proving the Bible. A lot of them don't even believe the Bible to be true. But I can tell you they are proving the Bible every day. They don't find anything that actually contradicts the Bible. If there is a problem with an archaeological find, it's usually in the dating. And I say, you just wait. One day you're going to be able to better date that thing and it's going to line up because it, it's proof of the story. You're just saying it's not the right date. So all of these things are proving the Bible and we have Israel to thank for that. So now I invite you back here next week. I'm going to share with you a few more reasons 
why Christians should celebrate Israel's 75th. But as I close, down below in today's show notes, we link to information on our two gala dinners in celebration of Israel 75th. The first one is in Nashville, Tennessee on May the 7th. The second one is in Washington, D.C. on May the 17th. The two programs are going to be very different, but actually the same in their exception and their excellence. So I invite you to both of them. But if you can't make it to both, please choose one and choose to join us. Buy your ticket today because I truly do expect that we will sell out. Um, Better yet, consider doing a table sponsorship. We would love to have your family come sit together and have your name in the program as one of the sponsors of the event. These events are structured so that they're collaborative, so that we have many organizations and families and ministries and churches co-sponsoring so that we can show this is a community-wide celebration. It's not just one organization, and it shows the broad-based support for Israel, and it just makes it a much more impacting evening. So plan to join us May 7th in Nashville and or May 17th in Washington, D.C. I'll be at both, and I want to see you as well. Thank you, and God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.